Welcome back. Uh, this is the Kane's Hunter Podcast. I'm Brett Finger. Justin Lape is here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, baby. He's I... here and he's heated. So, you know what? We there there are things to talk about. The bye week and the All Star break have happened for the Hurricanes. Lengthy time off. Jacob Slavin represented the Hurricanes very well in St. Louis during the All Star Skills Competition. He won the shoot shot accuracy contest and it was Which pretty surprised impressive. everyone uh, not he, that he's a bad player but you know it's just i think if you're a casual fan watching that you the last person yeah. you probably would have thought would be jacob slavin yeah and uh, obviously for people like us and if you're listening to the podcast probably you as well you as well uh you're you're not really surprised anymore when jacob slavin does things like this he's just that good um so yeah, he he he's he did well, but the Hurricanes haven't done so well uh, since the end of the All Star break. So, game one on the final day of January, they lost to the Van or the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they they didn't play very well for most of that game, and they tried to come back, and it just it didn't work out. Second game on Sunday, they they hosted the Vancouver Canucks for an afternoon game, a game that they won four to three in shootout. Um, guess who scored the game deciding goal in the shootout? Any guesses? Um, does it rhyme with Weston Williams? No. Oh, okay. it does. It's Justin Williams. Uh, he scored the, the game deciding goal. Um, so that was good. You know, they, they played a, a better game against Vancouver. Um, they, they did what they had to do to get the job done. Uh, and then they went to, to St. Louis um, in, in honor of Justin Falk. Uh, they didn't do very well. <laughs> um, so, Justin, you told me you were heated. Um, explain why you're heated. I mean, cold takes expose me later, but I don't think this team has any shot of making the playoffs. I think I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, I think that you and I have both been. They're not in the playoff spot anymore. I think you and I have both been not necessarily supportive. I don't think that's the best word for it, but you know, we, we've believed in this team to a patient. certain extent. We, yeah. We've, we've believed in this team to a certain extent. We've been patient with their flaws, but now there's just too many red flags that I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome unless maybe they force an outside trade, um, which again, you say there are a lot of warning flags. Is it time to uh, take warning? Uh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the standings have taken them by storm. Huh? Oh, yeah. All right. There yeah. we go. That's good, but, too. But honestly, I, I think, you know, there's too many red flags at this team now. And I think this St. Louis loss, like, you know, it's tough to overreact to, on big losses. Um, you know, and it's not something you should do as someone who covers and watches the team. But. I just think that this is this is kind of the straw. And I think just I was at the Vegas game and they just came out so flat and unprepared. Um, I don't it know if that's bad. on Brindamore. I don't know if that's on the players themselves, um, you know, because I, I think we can't as much as he's a franchise legend. We can't, you know, just discount the impact Rod Brindamore is supposed to have on this team. So I just I don't know. They came out so flat. They played terrible. And then, you know. They force themselves down into a hole. They claw back. They they have the offense to do that, of course. But 
then once again it's late mistakes Ajo takes a stupid penalty probably one of the worst penalties of the season in my opinion I mean I, mm. they have you didn't you like that penalty because no yes that's what me, I'm saying I loved it I was like yes no no I like <laughs> I, was I like, guess thank I understand goodness. his thinking a little bit there because he thought that they didn't have the numbers back so he was gonna hook them to try to just like break well, up there was the a breakaway. broken stick um but I, I, yeah. there was a defenseman there drifting, and I don't think you, you. It wasn't a good I don't penalty. Think you deliberately it wasn't a good take, penalty. I didn't. I don't think you deliberately take a penalty with little over two minutes to go. So you're basically finishing the game on the penalty kill. I think you trust in your goaltender that he's going to make that stop. I, I think especially when it's a, a team like Vegas that their top two power play units are fantastic. I just don't see why you would take that. Again, and they they lost points again on the board there, um, and now they've dropped to what zero and five in their their last five road games, not not a single point. Sounds, That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Right. That's terrible. Well, that was a home game. Well, you're talking no, no, about the St. I know Louis that was game a home now. game, but I'm talking about St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's terrible. That's embarrassing, and this team is too talented to be doing what they're doing. I I just don't understand and. You know, I think Reimer. I think Reimer almost is becoming a better option too, because I feel like Morazic's become too streaky. Um, he'll have those fantastic games where he's a world saver. I think he played fantastic in the Vegas game. He had like yeah. thirty plus saves. He, he, he was played wonderful, but the team in front of him put themselves in a hole. They played their enti- almost the entire game in their own end. It's just, it's just embarrassing. And it's I kind of amazing that they scored three goals. Like they didn't really deserve that. They didn't yeah. deserve to get a point out of that. No. And they and ultimately didn't, but they put themselves in a spot where they could have, and then they blew yep. it. Yeah. So, um, and then now, you know, and I just think their mindset is wrong, too. I, the team, you know, posted a video today, and I think, you know, okay, it's cool to see the lighter side of them, but even you co-tweeted it, too. Hall is bragging about a hit he made against Vancouver. Where's he? Where the heck is he? This man has been absent. Like, okay, you got healthy scratch ones, complain about it, whatever. But where has he been? You know, and I, I, I just, I'm really frustrated with, especially the middle six. I think Jordan Stahl has been absent. Where the heck has he been? I, I, he doesn't have to be a 70-point player. We know that's not his style. We know that. But what we've seen from him, especially last year, he was the best defensive forward on the team. Barnard. He was amazing down the stretch. After his concussion, he got back. He was, uh, he was excellent. Like, but where? But he where played some he of his best hockey as a Hurricane in the in, down is, the stretch and in the playoffs. I just don't get where is he, especially as the captain of this team. And you know, you can put as much weight on the C as you want, I suppose. Um, again, that doesn't solve the rest of the twenty players, twenty two players in the locker room, um, but. I just, I just think he needs to step up, absolutely. And I don't know. Defensively, they've got to figure something out. But you know, now we'll we'll talk here in a second about some possible options, and you address it in your quick whistles piece as well. But mm-hmm. I, I just think, I think the def- defense is falling apart. I don't think, but I don't think the loss of Dougie Hamilton can attribute it to that much because we've seen that before. Dougie Hamilton, it was, it was a thing was before that. Dougie got hurt. Yeah. I think it's just amplified now because you don't have mm-hmm. the offensive support of what Dougie was putting in. And, you know, 
I mean, obviously, he's a great puck-carrying defenseman. It was getting it out of the zone almost like Slavin does. Um, I just I, I don't think you can put it on just an injury to your number one defenseman. It's got to it's gotta be the, the whole group, and they're just not clicking. Yeah, I think uh, I think pretty much all of what you said there is fair. Um, if so, let's let's start. Obviously, there are I think there are a few players that aren't playing up to their potential. Let's say at this point in the season, uh, they have about what twenty nine games left in the regular season, so they've played fifty three games. They are at the point of the season where they can no longer mess around and have this kind of cutesy little um, lack of buy-in from some players. I think there are a few players that are not buying in. For what's worth, I don't think Jordan Stahl is one of those people. Uh, I think most of the team is bought in and things just aren't going well right now. But when you play, I spent a decent amount of time thinking about this. And what I think is the Hurricanes play a very aggressive game, right? And and we've seen, you know, dating back to last year as well, but even more so this year, I feel like they're more uh, foot on the gas this year as a team. They are, you know, defensemen jump into the rush. Uh, they, you know, they take chances. They do all those things. And when you're playing that style of game, you have to be, like, you have to be dialed in. You have to be focused, right? And... Right now, there are a number of players who aren't. And when you play the way the Hurricanes play, one person not being with it among a group of five, that like that can be the difference, right? And if, if one player isn't in the right spot or he's, you know, off and the puck goes the other way because there, there's a defenseman pinching into the zone, you have a two-on-one and... They either score on the rush or they create zone time and they eventually score. Um, the Hurricanes play a style of game that suits their team, especially when Dougie Hamilton's in the lineup because he's just so good. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. When you lose a guy like that, suddenly it's a lot more difficult to do what what you were doing because you're taking Dougie Hamilton out leads the team in time on ice. He leads, he's, he was third in the league amongst defensemen and goals or in points and first in goals. He was going to be the all-star for the hurricanes. He's done. So they have since they tried to put Joel Edmondson on the top pairing with Slavin. I mean, no, that's not going to work. It didn't work. Then Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and it, again, no, it's just, it's not going to happen. So I don't know what the answer is in that regard, but just from, from, from watching and from thinking in, you know, that it just, it doesn't take much to make things look really ugly for the hurricanes. Right. Um, I mean, really the way that with the way they play, like a couple of mistakes, can end up in the back of your net because when they make mistakes, they're so dramatic. Among the entire league, the Hurricanes are the best or among the best of limiting shot quantity. And they've been that way for, for years. And the problem is when you're doing that, 
you can't give up a high percentage of quality chances. So I, I, there have been people going after Peter Morazic and, and has Morazic been, I mean, I, I think he's been okay. I mean, he hasn't been bad. Um, he's had some rough games. He's letting goals that he, he shouldn't. And you know, that's, that's any total goaltending, right? Um, but man, I, I have a tough time watching that game against the Blues and just coming to the conclusion that Peter Morazic's the problem. Did you see the goals they were they were giving up? I mean, yeah. it was it was bad, um, and that that comes back to the lack of buy-in, right? And and when you're giving up, I'm gonna com- complete what I was talking about. When the Hurricanes are giving up pretty much the fewest shots per game. Um, but the percentage of those shots that are high-quality grade-A chances, they're a total outlier. The percentage of shots that they're allowing that are just re- just really good scoring chances, it's way too high. It's, 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 it's like exponentially higher than the rest of the league. By, and I'm not exaggerating. It's, it's, it's too much. Um, and, and if you watch the games, I'm... I saw a uh, a chart earlier from uh, from Sean Tierney, um, and it's it's pretty amazing, especially when you get the visual of it. And you know, you have you have eye tests, you have analytics, um, you have people who who fight the two, um, or, or who see it as like a battle. But if you're watching these games, you know that's the case, um, especially after the St. Louis game, and and we've seen so many games this year where. They've allowed 20 shots on goal, but half of them were just ridiculously good chances. And, you know, there's a lot of these shots that Morazic's facing, um, him in particular, because it feels like he's always seeing 25-ish shots. And if he allows three goals, then his numbers don't look good. But in reality, he saw 10 shots that could have very easily gone the net, and he only let in three. Um, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and in reality, a lot of these shots are beating anyone in the league. I don't, there are a lot of these goals that are going in on Morazic, on Reimer, um, in games where you look at the box score, it's like, oh, they only saw 20 shots and landed three goals. What, what the hell? Like you could put whoever you want in goal. And a lot of those are going in anyway. Um, those are just, that's just the fact of the matter. Um, and that's based on league average goaltending and the numbers. If you look at them, you're still going to be allowing a lot of goals. And you look at goals saved above average. Uh, that's a stat at five on five for goalies that uh, based on the statistics um, and where the shot locations are, shot quality, all that. Um, it measures how many goals you have kept out of the net as compared to what an NHL average goalie would do. Um, so basically, it's me- measuring where you are relative to the league average. James Reimer's great. I think he's fourth in the league out of 49 goalies with over wow. 900 minutes of five on five time on ice. It's really good. Um, Morazic, um, among the 28 goalies who have north of 1,280 minutes of five on five ice time, he's 10th out of 28. That's good. I mean, that's pretty good, right? And, you know, Reimer's been better, obviously. We all know that. It's not a secret. 
but when I see the 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 stuff about it's the goalies problem, I don't think it is. I think it's I think there's a, a lack of buy-in right now from a few players on this team, and that trickles down, man. And like that's you know that's that's a problem. Like you're you're 53 games into the season, you're in a playoff race. We've seen how good they can be um, when they're on the same page, when they're dialed in, um, because when they are, they're really good. Like this, they, they, they're not a bad team. So it kind of comes down to what do you have to do to, to, do you have to make a call up? Uh, we'll talk about players who might deserve a call up here in a few minutes. Um, do you make a trade? Do you, do you make a hockey deal? Do you sit a player who, you know, you wouldn't expect to sit? It's it's tough. And, you know, they've already sat Nino Niederreiter and Eric Halla and Ryan Dezingle, Lucas Walmark. So those are things they've already done. Uh, so I'm wondering what what it takes to get back through to this team because this is going from a lull that you can write off as a bad stretch and it's turning into a very uh, problematic trend for the team. Wow. Wow. That's some strong words from Brett Finger right there. It is. I, you um, know what? I don't feel well. I feel sick. Um, <laughs> sick to your stomach about this team. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's... Sorry for talking for so long. No, you're all good. Uh, but on to the this next. This is a video. podcast, actually, so I shouldn't apologize as, for that. As you just mentioned, there are some holes to fill in the back end. Uh, you wrote a piece, obviously your weekly piece, "Quick Whistles," uh, and discussed a little bit about. Hey, Pierre LeBron is saying that Sammy Vatnin could be a good fit for the Hurricanes, but they may have some internal options. You want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, I have to talk some more. Oh, jeez. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Pierre Lebrun, The Athletic, TSN, he wrote uh, something along the lines of, of it was five or six uh, trades that make a lot of sense. One of them was Vatten in the Carolina. Um, Sammy Vatten is a defenseman on the New Jersey Devils, a, a quick puck mover um, uh, on the smaller side for sure. He's like 5'10", 185, something like that. And he was suggesting, I think he has 23 points on the year. So it's not it's not bad by any means. It's pretty decent. Um, he was suggesting Vatnin for a second uh, to Carolina. I have a problem with that. I don't think that's, I don't think, outside of the fact that he's an offensive defenseman who um, could replace some of Dougie's offense, uh, I don't think it makes sense. And I don't think it makes sense because of Jake Bean's existence. So when you, when you look at Vatnin, he is, I think he's 28. He's going to be a UFA this, after this season. He's making 4.7 or so million dollars. Um, if you put that cap hit on the Hurricanes right now, that pretty much is their big move of the deadline. And that can't be the big move of the deadline. Especially, uh, well, for one, because I don't think it does nearly enough. And two... Uh, Jake Bean exists. So Jake Bean has had an ex excellent year in Charlotte. Uh, he's among the best AHL point-producing defensemen. Um, he leads all U24 D-men in that league in points. Um, he was an all-star. 
and you know what? He's 21. He's just about as close to NHL ready as he's going to get. He's one of the best defensemen um, in the NHL. Who, who's <laughs> not playing in the NHL. So yeah. in, in that context, um, it doesn't make sense to trade for Vatnin. It makes way more sense to call up Jake Bean and just give him give him a give him a try. You know, he's, but that's, he's is that not so a problem good. with Rod Brindamore? Is that not a problem with Rod Brindamore not relying on it's, younger players? It, he yeah. he he's eased he eased Andre Svechnikov in. He eased Martin Aitchison. And then but does this help you in the immediate term if you ease Jake Bean in? It doesn't, I don't I don't think it if you ease him in, that's a problem. If you let him run wild, he could pull you know, he could Maybe surprise you and, and be a good like yeah like a Shane Goss's pair of a few years ago where he just tore it up in the back half once he got called up. I mean I I don't know I just think with, I... with Brindamore's tendencies is is it even worth it because he's going to give them ten minutes a game. Look, uh, Brindamore's sheltering of young players is obviously something that's known. He trusts his veterans more. He's a young coach who's you know he's this is his second year as a head coach. I think it's important for everyone to remember that. Um, I think his player usage has gotten better this year. Um, however, you know, he doesn't like to roll with young players. I get that. Um, Sammy Vatanen, um, he's been in the league for, for a little while now. I am not at all convinced that he, at age 28, is a better defender in his own end than Jake Bean. Bean is bigger Bean is gotten a lot or is and has gotten a lot better in his own zone sammy vatten is a poor defender so when you're when you're kind of you know balancing out the the risk reward of it it just doesn't make sense to trade for vatten it doesn't make sense to make that your move when i am of the belief that you have an equally competent player who is cheaper who is already in the system, um, who you've been developing since 2016 when you draft him in the first round. It doesn't make sense to me to trade for Sammy Vatten and, and give up assets for something that you could very easily already have. And you don't have to give Jake Bean top pairing minutes. You can give him time on a power play unit. But then that brings us back to, to the issue that you're bringing up. What is Brennan Morgan going to use him on the power play? So if he's not, then it's pointless. Then you're right. Um, but if if you're if you're telling me that Rod Brindamore thinks um, trading for Vatanen, taking on that cap hit, moving the assets needed to get him, and trusting him is better than trusting Jake Bean, who you just have to call up. I I don't know what to tell you because yeah. I really don't think that <laughs> Vatanen is a better option. Yeah, I mean Vatanen, you know, was hyped in the younger part of his career, but I, I think at this point he's just he's kind of mellowed out. I mean, and he, he is what he is. I don't think his... he's a, yeah. a massive upgrade. I think you you make a, a deadline trade if you can't get a big upgrade. You know, even if it is a veteran. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I just don't see why you'd give up assets and cap space for for him, even if it is an expiring deal. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no problem, and you, you know, you can have people at the books, whatever. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I, I think really, I think they have the in-house capabilities. It's just these players playing mm-hmm. up to what they can be, and yeah. and then it seems like, oh, you know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk played like crap for three weeks, but then now he's playing well, but then the people around him are playing terrible, and it's just, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. They're just not, they're not all clicking on one page. And that was what made them such a successful team last year was because they mm. were all clicking and they're just all over the place right now. And they just, they have to have a come together moment. And uh, I don't know when it's going to be, but hopefully soon. Hypothetically, right? The Hurricanes have three more games on this road trip. They go to Arizona, Vegas, Dallas. Let's say they, say they go one and two the rest of the trip. You have Wednesday, Thursday off before a game on Friday against New Jersey. Justin, what do you do when you get back from the trip and you went one and three on the trip? If you are making decisions, if you are general manager, Justin Lee. I'm I'm making a trade. All right. I'm, I'm 100% I'm making you. a trade. I, I, something has to wake it up and... I mean, if I have any say, I'm talking to head coach Rod Brindamore and maybe trying to push for a surprise scratch for somebody. You mm-hmm. know, just something to wake him up. You know, healthy scratch somebody. Healthy scratch freaking Jordan Stahl of all people. Oof, you know that, I, mean? I don't no, think that's... I know, I know that <laughs> wouldn't happen, but yeah. man, would that be a wake-up call or That would what? be something. I mean, <laughs> scratching Jordan Martin doesn't mean as much, even though he is a big heart and soul player of the team. And now he's hurt. It doesn't yeah. mean as much. Yeah, it doesn't mean as much if you do a bigger bigger scratch or something like that, you know, somebody that hasn't been playing well, then maybe it wakes the rest of the team up. I don't I don't know. Because mm-hmm. you know. um, who do you think he'd be? Uh, I mean, Terrabine's been great. Ajo's been quietly scoring a lot of goals again um has been good i mean it's not like you know when you look at the top of the food chain you see terravine and anaho and i think they're playing well they're not the problem by any stretch of the imagination they're just quietly racking up points and quietly doing things that help the team win games and it's like you said earlier it's kind of the depth right now that's a problem because eric holla you 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 talked about Eric Hala. Um It hasn't been smooth sailing for him lately. Dezingle, it hasn't been smooth sailing. Natchez has been on and off, but I mean he's a rookie, so I mean I'm not gonna have the same expectations for Natchez as I would for Hala. Um, but it's 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 rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of rough. The Charlotte is kind of taking a turn for the rough a little bit. They hit a little three-game losing streak, then split a weekend series this past weekend with the Toronto Marlies. Um, we're very strong last time we talked two weeks ago, and have kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, a player that's not cooled off is Julian Gauthier. My it's goodness. Fantastic. Um, and, you know, 22 goals this season. Um Another strong player that had a pretty good weekend as long as in some of the past few games is Morgan Geeky. He's still playing uh, pretty well in his sophomore season here. So um, the, the problem is it's a very tight division right now, the Atlantic. So, um, you know, kind of only a few points divide five teams more or less. So, um, but the fantastic thing about this team is 
they went from one of the worst power plays in the league to now ranking third. Um, that is crazy. I think they're both third in both penalty killing and power play percentage. So to have your special team ranked third on both is, is pretty good. So maybe draw some more penalties and <laughs> win some games. But uh, no, I mean, the, again, you know, there's such a talented stack team and they, you know, received um, help last year. Then the team, you know, loosened up on talent. Now it looks like they're starting to hit their stride again. You know, sans this, you know, bad skid. But um, I, I still think they may have it in them to to get back to the playoffs this year. Um, just just need to to find a way to keep the puck out of the net over the last few games. But um, yeah, so Charlotte, a little bit of a wake up call maybe, but uh, should be good as they head into February. I like it. They've done the. They've turned that thing around pretty quick, with uh, yeah. Warsawski and good old Patrick Dwyer. Maybe Patrick Dwyer should come back up and just play a couple games. He's a gritty, gritty little forward. Kill some penalties for you. Um, once was Jordan Stahl's line mate. <laughs> remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Boy, were those yeah. teams bad. Yeah. Looking ahead, there is a road trip. Uh, or well, I mean, to continue the road trip, Thursday, uh, the when you will hear this podcast, they're gonna play Arizona. Then Saturday at at Vegas, chance for redemption maybe after their you know post All Star game, uh, and then Tuesday at Dallas. Uh, your thoughts on on what they need to do to have a successful road trip? Uh, whatever they're doing now, do the opposite of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need to get this. This is ridiculous that we're talking about this right now. They're this is they need to be better than this, and I think the self awareness needs to be there, and they have to be better. And they're just they're not performing well enough right now. So I think it's going to take kind of a look in the mirror type of thing and be like, all right, they. I mean, they have in the locker room when you go in there and when you're leaving, it says, "Did you?" And that means. Did you do everything you could today to better yourself, to better the team? Did they? Um, lately, they haven't. And hopefully, when they come back to Raleigh, uh, they'll be able to say that they did. You know? So there you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, look, I th- again, I think there's some winnable games here. And really, I think this is a, a do-or-die trip. You come out another one and two on this trip, or even worse, zero and three. Yeah. With no points in the bank, you know, the, none of those go to overtime. I just, I don't know what they're gonna do, because it's it's getting scary. I think if they if yeah. this road trip goes bad, um, so it's in their best interest to uh to win, Brett. You know, so <laughs> I, I think that would be in their best interest. But you know what else is in the best interest when people subscribe like mm. our podcast follow all of our wonderful social media pages at canes country on twitter at canes country pix on instagram and like it on facebook you know what else is good brett if they follow you at brett underscore finger on twitter mm. and they follow me at lakey vape 
also yeah bubble th- give us a review tell us what we're doing wrong tell mm-hmm. us what we're doing right uh we'd love to hear it and if you want to hear more of, like the laid back stuff the you know we we kind of strayed away from our streaming discussions and some of our like show discussions lately but uh we'll get back at those if you guys enjoy those um yeah comment on uh on our website as well canescountry.com um is that a podcast Brett? it is all right uh everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>